This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, Louisiana, and New York. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or, to, or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 of bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play for free and pay games for real cash. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And, of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app and enter the free rule props contest for your chance to win $100,000. All right, DGens, once again, you're hearing me do the ad read, which means Boston Capper is getting another night off from doing the preview. It's going to be just me riding solo to break down one of my favorite golf courses on the PGA Tour schedule, I'm actually very excited that I can do this unimpeded without any interruptions or interjection. So, yeah, it's it's me, uh, Steve Shermer, uh, here to break down Riviera Country Club and the Genesis Invitational. Before I do that, I, I want to let you guys know that I am recording this on Saturday evening. This is after the third round. It's the day before the Super Bowl. I did not feel like doing a column or a podcast either at halftime or during the show or even in the afternoon. I have too much cooking to do. We're going over to a friend's house as well. So I'm recording this on Saturday night. Um, as I told you guys last week, my betting card was very big. I decided to go big with it. I didn't really care how much money I was spending. You know, I was going to lie bet a bunch of stuff too in order to make sure that I had a lot of stuff in play on Sunday, and boy, I do. Um, I got some good numbers on some guys live. I already had Xander, Cantlay, and Scheffler before a tournament. I got a Kepka 30. As soon as I realized on Thursday that he had it, because you just you kind of look at Kepka and you know he has right out of the gates. And I scrambled to my book and grabbed him at 34 his odds. Drop. So I have a share on him. I grabbed a little bit on Homa at 40. I grabbed a little bit of Gooch at 30. I grabbed some Hideki at 27. Um, I have one more guy too that's near the top that uh I'm forgetting. So so yeah, I mean uh I have a lot of guys in play. Basically, what's going to really screw me, which if you're listening to this on Sunday for the final round, you need to live bet guys like Sahit Tagala who that would be really ironic if he won the week after everybody was on him. Everybody basically was a week early. I'm, I'm sure there's some FOMO bets at like plus 550 for all those people. I'm not going to go do that. Uh, but it's good to see him playing well, or maybe Tom Hoagie, maybe Adam Hammond, maybe Alex Noren, or you know maybe even JT. Maybe he ends up shooting like a 61 tomorrow, which is very improbable. I think the lowest finder on score at the Waste Magic Phoenix Open since 2014 is a 64. I think six is probably too far back, uh, but I think five's in play. You know, I mean, this is a difficult golf course playing really firm. It's not easy. And we saw today, we saw a lot of guys just shoot themselves in the foot. Like Xander put in the water twice. Uh, he almost put in the water three times, actually. Can't like put it in the water on 17. He bogeyed the 18th. Like it's definitely not easy out there. So, you know, who knows? Uh, you know, we'll maybe we'll see somebody come from back in the pack in order to win this thing. So, oh, and I have Max Homa too. That's that's the last guy I forgot. 
Uh, so yeah, I, I have a lot of things checked off, which probably means I'm going to be a bridesmaids once again, because that's been my track record uh, lately. But I think before I get into golf, uh, because you'll probably be listening to this before the big game, kind of want to recap again what Super Bowl props I'm on. Maybe you're looking to get on something before the game you haven't yet. I mean, not really sure why. I mean, you're a degenerate gambler who's listening to a golf gambling podcast on a Sunday morning. Of course, you're already bad the Super Bowl. If you're looking for a couple other things to maybe get on, here's what I'm on. Uh, I'll just repeat some of the things we talked about on the Thursday bonus show. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, go check it out with Boston Capper. We go into a little more depth of like the reasoning behind our stuff. But uh, I talk about Odell Beckham Jr. I have a soft spot for a main time touchdown plus 140 for him. Uh, I like Rams over four players who attempt to rush. I think, uh, you know, Michelle and Akers are going to get carries. I think Stafford's going to get something. Usually the Rams have been doing an end around with the receiver. I just need one more guy and I would get, you know, that plus 100. So I like that. Uh, I think. Uh, Joe Burrow's going to be under a lot of duress because of the Rams defensive line and how bad the Bengals offensive line is. Uh, over five sacks for both teams at minus 145. Paid a little more juice on it, but I like getting the five. Uh, and then over two and a half rush attempts for Joe Burrow, minus 115. I think there's going to be a finally a two-point conversion attempt uh, after a four-year drought of it. Yes, a plus 100. I think the Rams get out to a good uh, start. Well, maybe not a good start in the first quarter, but I, I think in the first half uh, they're going to, be leading in the halftime. I got Rams mice two and a half at in the first half. Uh, most places three. I got fortunate two and a half. But I'll I'll do that. Um, you know, we t- I think a big community bet for SGPN is the open kickoff touch is a uh, is not going to be a touchback. Uh, it's going to be returned out of the end zone plus one ten. There's some strong trends with it. Apparently, the ball is brand new out of the box. It's hard as a rock. I think my only concern I brought that up on the uh, on the show on the show on Thursday was it's going to be really hot tomorrow. Maybe the ball flies a little farther. Maybe it's not as hard as, you know, it usually is. I don't know. We'll see. Um, as far as some cross-board props, uh, I bet um, there's going to be more players under par. The 2022 Masters and Stafford completions next, tomorrow. If you want my reasoning, it's a very long one. You can go check out the podcast. But uh, I think we're, we're going to have a – very uh, good scoring masters this year. That's going to see a lot of guys under par. So uh, I like that over Stafford completions. I think the average speed of the Daytona 500 is going to be more than Matthew Stafford's first half passing yards. I, I think both offenses are going to kind of struggle getting out of the gates, uh, which also I inspired. I was inspired by my co-host with his pump prop over six and a half punts minus 150. I paid juice on it, but I think that's a low number. And I think these two teams are going to struggle a little bit. I think you have two conservative coaches who love punting on fourth and short. Uh, you have two quarterbacks who have never been in this uh, the Super Bowl before. I think both teams might be a little tight to start. I think there's going to be at least seven punts. Uh, as far as some exotic props, I think Mary J. Blige is going to wear big old hoop earrings of minus 125. If Joe Biden does give a pick, I think he's going to pick the Bengals because he needs the votes in Ohio. And then as far as my game pick... I don't feel quite as good about this one, but it seems like people are blowing smoke up, you know, the Bengals and Joe Burrow's ass all week. And I think just the Rams are better on both sides of the ball. I think they have a better offensive line. They have a better defense. Uh, Their weapons are, I think just as good as with the Bengals, except for maybe the running back. You know, I mean, I think Joe Burrow is great. I, no Stafford is prone to some mistakes, but he also showed he was really good in the system. And I think Sean McVay is going to come out just kind of like what he does um, at the beginning of the year. Comes out with a really perfect like 20 to 25 play opening script that just is lights out. And I think 
he's going to learn a lesson from uh, what happened a couple of years ago uh, when he got embarrassed by the Patriots. He was way too conservative. He did a lot of things that were kind of uncharacteristic for that team. I, I think he's going to have a good uh, – he's going to have these guys pre-prepared a lot better than Zach Taylor. I don't really have a whole lot of faith in Zach Taylor. I don't think he's a very good coach. So I think Rams minus four, uh, that's my bet. And I, I think I, I, I think it's going to be like a 26, like 17 final score, something kind of a little weird. I, I like the under. I'm not betting the under, but I, I like the under in this game. Let's take a break. Let's talk about WinBet. And WinBet's now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, Louisiana, and New York. They're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting casino play. From boosts to same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Don't forget about all the props that will be available on WinBet for the Super Bowl. The best part, you can build your own bet to create a prop-focused same-game parlay for the big game. And also be on the lookout for WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout. So sign up today, receive a special offer, bet $10 and win $200. Download Bet Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynmbet.com to start winning today. And, uh, and talking about the same game parlay, like there's a lot of really good options on WinBet. One of the things I like is a 14 to 1. I, I kind of mentioned that. I think it might be a little bit of a clunky game. I think it's going to go under. I think the Rams are going to win. So at 14 to 1, you can parlay together. There's going to be a scoreless quarter at some point. Uh, maybe the first quarter is scoreless. You know, who knows? Maybe both offenses kind of stink to start. I like under 48 and a half for the game. Rams money line and Cooper Cup first touchdown score. Maybe he gets one, you know, midway through the second quarter and he catch that parlay. 14 to 1. I love that one. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different options. That's one of the ones I like. You go, go play around. Go, you know, take your angle for the game, put stuff together, and do that. So, uh, yeah, you know, and as far as uh, other things uh, for WinBet, you know, offers subject to change. Terms and conditions apply at WinBet.com. Must be 21 or order older and present in the state where to play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's transition from the Super Bowl to the Genesis Invitational. Let's get a you know nice head start on it. So you know, this is one of the better events on the PGA Tour. Uh, ever since they made the, the Genesis an elevated stats event, they pumped a little more money into it. Most of the big names are in the field this week. Kind of similar to last week at the Phoenix Open where you saw a lot of big names. This is basically that, but with more money on the line. Um you know, so you're going to see your John Roms, you're going to see your Dustin Johnsons, you're going to see your Patrick Cantlay, Xander Toffoli. So, but two guys, I think I have an eye, my eye on the most this week because we we've seen them over in the Middle East, but we haven't seen them over here. Uh, I'm, you know, they're basically making their 2022 debut on the PGA Tour this week, and what guys Rory McIlroy, and Rory had a really good. Uh, January over on the DP World Tour, the, the Euro Tour. And he showed very well in the over in the Middle East. So he had the T12 of the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship. Uh, he had a third of the Dubai Just the Classic. And most get people would look at those results and say, hey, you know, that's great. But, you know, Rory is held to a higher standard and he blew the Dubai Desert Classic. He should have came home with a win. Uh, he was tied with Hovland and Richard Bland uh, on the 18th hole, but the 18th is a par five. It's a very reachable par five. The only thing you can't do is hit it in the water, shore of the green. And that's exactly what Rory did. He put in the drink. He couldn't get up down for par. He had a bogey in the hole. 
any of out of the playoff. Victor Hobbin would win that tournament. So that's the second time in three starts on the DP World Tour where Rory basically blew a win down the stretch. Um, but overall, though, like his game's been great. Like he won the CJ Cup last fall. He won uh, Quail Hollow last year. Like he's back to winning events. He's back to at least being in the mix. There was a, you know, after the COVID break, he wasn't really all that relevant, but things are really firing all cylinders right now. His iron plays great. His ball striking is good. So he has a really good track record at this tournament too. You know, he's got a couple tournaments under his belt. Maybe he'll go a little unnoticed because everybody's been focusing only on the guys who playing the PG Tour. You know, we'll see. And then our guy, I, I, I like, I, I love Kyle Morikawa. I think he's just, obviously everyone thinks he's a tremendous player. But this is his debut on the PGA Tour this year. Uh, he also played over in uh, the Middle East. I don't think he did all that great, though. I think his best finish was like T30 or so. I'd have to go check. But um, I know when I updated my stats for your tour data, I, nothing really stood out for him. Um, I think his putting was bad on one tournament. Otherwise, it just was kind of meh. Um, I remember I bet Morikawa last year. At the Genesis Invitational, I looked at this golf course and thought, all right, firm and fast, got to work, you know, be a really good ball striker. You know, I kind of love that about him this, you know, at, at the place, but he was, he was bad. He was, you know, a T43 finish, but it wasn't because of his ball striking T to green. He actually gained two strokes per round on the field. He had an abysmal putting week. I think he lost almost eight strokes putting to the field during the tournament. Now, since then, he's kind of gotten a little more confidence with his putter. He's found a little more consistency. If that shows up this week, I mean, there's no reason why Morikawa can't play well at this place. Uh, but that's always a wild card with him. Uh, I don't think he's usually very good on POA. Uh, I know he won at TBC Harding Park. That's technically a California golf course, but that was resodded with Bentgrass before the PGA Championship. That wasn't true POA. Uh, he did play well at the U.S. Open at Torrey last year, though, and that was on POA. So, I don't know. Maybe, actually, he can be good on it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have my eye on him. And then other notables, you got Hovland, Cantlay, DJ, Kepka, Hideki, Rom, Xander, JT. So, and then a whole, a whole host of other guys, Scheffler, Answer, I think Louis in the field, too. Sam Burns, who I had 101 last year, who broke my heart. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll just go back to him because he's been playing bad lately. Maybe the number on him is finally going to cool down to maybe 40, 45. I might bet him this week just, just blindly. So, all right, while we get into the golf course next. So, like I mentioned, I love this tournament. And I think it's because just I love Riviera from an architectural standpoint. It's just great. Like, and I posted a video in my column this week that I highly recommend everybody uh, watch. Basically, Golf Digest did a hole by hole flyover with a really good narrator, by the way, breaking down each hole and some of the quirks and you know intricacies of each hole uh, of every hole of Riviera. And watching that video, you can really appreciate just how good of a job George Thomas did with frankly a very boring piece of land it's riviera sits basically at the bottom of the canyon it's pretty flat it was pretty tr it was treeless there wasn't really a whole lot of natural features to it besides just the canyon but thomas basically showed that even if you have a little you know very little with the land to work with 
you have creative routing. You can use the land as is in order to create some very creative greens, or you can position the bunkers to challenge on the fairways to challenge these guys off the tee. You can, you know, create very good routing in order to make sure that you know you're maximizing the land as you can, you know, and create a little more variety hole to hole. And you absolutely see that Riviera. So, and it's also a golf course that. You know, it was built in 1926, and it's hope and it's hosted a couple of majors. It's hosted the 48 U.S. Open, the 83 and 95 PGA Championship. It most recently hosted the U.S. Amateur in 2017. That was Doug Gim versus Doc Redman in the final. Uh, I think that's where I developed my affinity for Doug Gim because a he was really good, and, and b his dad I think was on the the bag that he's just an a- absolute alpha. Uh, and uh, I think I just remember his performance here and just. You know, just thought he was always a great player. And I'm still waiting for him to be a great player, to be perfectly honest, even though he's usually on some guy's betting card every week. Uh, regardless, this is a golf course that has kind of stood the test of time, uh, even with the advances in the equipment, just because of how firm and fast it is, how challenging it is to eat a green. The only things that have really done to this place since, uh, you know, recently was... Uh, back in the 90s, Bill Corr and Ben Crenshaw, they restored the bunkers. And then uh, there was a major flood in the 30s and basically washed away the original 7th and 8th holes. Well, Tom Fazio came in and restored it. Uh, he, uh, I think he, he uh, put the bunkers back in place over the left on 7, and they also created like a dry river bed uh, down the right side on 7. Uh, and then the 8th, he restored the split fairway. They used to uh, there, there was a split fairway, but it was separated by trees. You cut those all down. It's basically now just a bunch of barranca and a bunker down the middle. It creates a little more options. That I mean, the, he kind of botched the green, but overall, conceptually, it's still a solid hole. You know, for Tom Fazio standards, but you know, it, it's an old soul that packs a punch. And once again, I, I highly recommend everybody goes and watch that video to get a really good idea to appreciate just how great this place is. Uh, before I get into some holes that I find pretty interesting. Um, Let's talk about agronomy for a second. So, you know, a couple weeks ago at Torrey Pines, we saw Kakuya grass, which in January has some rye overseed, but it's mostly Kakuya. Um, and then it has poa greens. And we talk about how important it is to put really one of the poa greens, how challenging it is, and how the Kakuya grass is really grabby. It's sticky. Like, if you're in the rough, it's, it's hard to get good contact out of it. Um, we have Kakuya grass this week, but there's no overseed. It's basically just all Kakuya fairways rough. It's about two inch Kakuya rough. Um, it's a native spongy turf. It's uh, native to Africa, um, and unlike Bermuda, it, it doesn't go colder in or it doesn't go dormant in colder months. So you know it shows best in climates where there's a lot of sunshine, like Los Angeles. Uh, it also shows best when there's not a whole lot of moisture, so it plays very firm and fast. Uh, I remember a quote from uh, Brooks Kepka. Basically, he was asked at Riviera why he doesn't do well there, you know, but it's a really difficult golf course. You think, all right, Brooks Kepka, difficult golf course. I should do well here. Well, the thing about Kakuya, which he doesn't really like, is the ball sits up very nicely. It kind of sits up almost like a T was on Kakuya. But Kepka is he hits the ball down and when you hit the ball down as much as he does, you're going to get it a couple of grooves up and you're not, you're not going to have very good control of your spin. It's going to kind of float on you. That's why he says that it's hard for him to carry balls to the green 
you know, he kind of finds himself sometimes coming up short because he's hitting the ball a couple grooves grooves too high. He's hitting down on it. Whereas a guy who picks the ball has a little flatter swing, like a DJ or an Adam Scott. Those guys do really well here because they're pickers. And that's probably why they do, you know, pretty good at this golf course because Kakuya fairways are used to, you know, hitting, you know, it, they just get very good contact every time on it. So that might be, I don't really know how to quantify who's a, who hits down on the ball or who's a picker. You kind of just have to know those guys. Um, I tried looking for shot link or uh, track man data on PJ tour. You, you don't know. You kind of just have to watch these guys and kind of just put together like who would be good on that surface. So, um, and then, like I mentioned before, it's Poana greens. These are really difficult to put on um, other Poana uh, golf courses on PJ tour are, you know, Pebble beach, Torrey pines, uh, Basically, it's a bumpy surface to put on, you know, in the afternoon because essentially weeds grow throughout the day. Um, you know, we saw last week at Pebble Beach where, you know, Jordan Spieth hit a putt. It looked like it was going in and it hit a POA bud right at the hole and put it left. You know, it kind of happens. Sometimes putting on POA can be a little bit of a luck box. We'll talk about putting and get the betting strategies. Um, but yeah, I mean, like overall, like before I get into some holes, like this. This is just such a great golf course. I love it. I'll get into some holes after our ad break as far as, you know, some of the ones I, I love the most. Let's talk about Manscaped. So, you know, I come on here, and when I talk about Manscaped, and probably what you think about Manscaped, too, is it's about personal grooming down below. Down below the bell or, like, you know, on your chest or armpits. Basically managing, you know, your caveman hair that's on your caveman body. But, you know, Manscaped is not just known for – you know, that area, you know, I mean, obviously we know they're, they're lawnmower 4.0, which gives a precise trim around the waist and, you know, their advanced skin safe technology makes sure there's no cuts or nicks in, um, you know, around like the most vital places of your body. But now they have something called the ultra premium collection, which is great. Like not only are you, is Manscaped making sure that you're maintaining all the, you know, all the things you need to for your lady, they're making sure you smell good too. They make sure you're taking care of your body, that your skin is soft. You know, that you're not just, some, you know, just some bomb that you're, that's smelly all the time that, you know, your wife just tolerates. So it's got a lot of options for you. You know, Manscaped has premium deodorant. No, you know, not for your balls, but for your armpits. You know, this deodorant dries clear. It's aluminum free. It smells like, you know, as a nice signature scent to it. Uh, they're also coming out with a hydrating body moisturizer. You know, especially if you have tattoos or you suffer from dry skin, it does a really good job of putting some more moisture into your skin. Uh, it's designed to keep your skin feeling clean, smooth, and smelling fresh. It's got really good body wash to lather you up. It's got infused with aloe vera and sea salt. Ooh, I like that. That's going to make you smell really good right at the shower. It's got a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner to make sure your scalp is nice and clean, smelling good. And it comes with a free gift. You know, they got a three-pack set of lip balm that's made up with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, eucalyptus oil. Maybe they get some of the eucalyptus oil from the, some of the eucalyptus trees at uh, Riviera, by the way. You know, there's a lot of trees at Riviera. Some of them need to come down, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, hey, you know, if, if they ever have a eucalyptus shortage, they can go right to that golf course and get some. Uh, but anyways, you know, this lip balm has eucalyptus oil to make your, you know, sure you're not getting a uh, chapped lip. So that's four products plus a gift inside the Ultra Premium Collection. That's a really good deal, guys. And all those products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, vegan-friendly if you're into that sort of thing. And it's the best ingredients with zero compromise. So, you know, 
So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped. All right, let's get to just some of my favorite holes at the golf course, uh, and then we'll get into some betting strategies. So, yeah, I mean, I, like, if you watch that video, there's so many good holes. and I, I can't talk about all of them. I probably would spend an, at least an hour talking about every single one. I'm only going to talk about three, you know, that basically either ones you know or just ones I find, you know, interesting. You know, let's go from there. So let's start hole number one, which is a – I think everybody knows what this hole looks like. It's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's the tee box sits about 60, 80 feet above a 30 yard wide area. You see the entire golf course in front of you. Uh, it's, it's just a good, nice handshake hole to your round. Cause I mean, overall Riviera is kind of a bear, but the par five first is pretty easy. So everything's out in front of you. There's no fairway bunkers to worry about. The only thing you got to worry about from where the pros are teeing off is, uh, you know, you're, you're at a very elevated tee box down to the fairway. The ball is going to carry a little farther. It's a firm fairway. The fairway runs out about 330 yards for you guys. And after that, you get into basically a little bronca ditch with some gnarly rough that if you're down there, it, it makes getting birdie on this hole a lot tougher. And that's something you absolutely have to do on this hole. Like I said, this is a handshake hole. This is a hole where you have to come away with birdie. The average score on this hole last year was 4.3. So if you're coming away at par, you're basically bogeying the hole. So, but if you manage keeping the fairway, it's about, it's a less than 200 yard shot into the part, into the green. It's a very large green too. And while the greens are pretty put on, two putting is never a guarantee. At this hole, it usually is. You can get a two-putt, get your birdie, get out of there, and it's a nice way to start your round. So let's talk about the number four hole. That's that's what Ben Hogan once called is the best par three in the world, and it's just – it's a beast. It's a very well-designed hole, too. And, the, and, and number four is – I think if you want to look at where George Thomas was really creative and using – land that basically didn't give him a whole lot of options you look at this hole and say wow you know he basically maximized what he could do with it so he wanted to create a redan green which is a uh left to right front to back slope green problem was it's a pretty flat piece of property there's not really a whole place to it. but what he did was he put he put the green near the canyon's edge to create natural sloping front to back and left to right uh or right to left and it's 236 yards. It plays uphill to a smaller, firm green with a huge bunker, you know, guarding basically the left side. Um, it's a beast of a hole. It's, it's. I think, the hardest par three on the golf course. Played about, I think, 0.3 strokes over par. So most guys are going to attack this hole by, there's a, 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 the landing zone, there's a little fairway to the right side that kind of funnels some balls back towards the pin. Most guys are probably going to bail out there. Um, you know, if the pin's on the right side, that's a great shot because you're pretty close to the, the pin, you know, doing it. But if the pin's all the way over on the left, you know, that's going to make for a pretty tricky two-putt because you're putting back down the hill on a really fast green. You can run the ball by like five or six feet, and then you got a tough, you know, par putt coming back. If you want to actually be aggressive and go for the pin on the left, like you have to hit a really good shot. It's a small target. From a long distance, you're hitting a long approach shot, and hitting a long approach shot to a smart target on a firm green is very difficult to hold for these guys. Uh, it's very easy to miss the green. 
Uh, not only that, you have to carry a huge bunker right in front. So, and anytime you're short-sided at Riviera, you're pretty much walking away with a bogey. It's just, it's, it's, it's incredibly difficult to get up and down from short side here. So, you know, hole number four, it's, it's such a great par four it's, it, or par three. It's, it's really a challenge. This guy's going to be, I, hopefully this is a featured hole uh, on PG tour live. And then the 10th, everybody wants to talk about the 10th. It's the crown jewel of uh, Riviera country club. It's the short par four, 315 yards with, it looks really visually intimidating because there's so many bunkers. It's a skinny green. It's only 3,500 square feet. You have uh, skinny bunkers right, left, and in the back. But most guys, uh, because of how far the ball goes now and how far and straight these guys can hit just three woods, the best play is if you can hit it on the apron, uh, basically short left of the green. You can chip up the green to the pin, walk away with birdie. Otherwise, though, there's a lot of places you can screw this screw this hole up. There's a patch of trees all the way to the left. So if, if you push your tee shot a little too far left, you can be obscured from the trees. Um, if you put it in the bunker, you might ping pong back and forth. We saw Jordan Speed do that a couple of years ago. He took four shots to get out of the bunker. Uh, and I've also seen uh, Keegan Bradley put off the green into a bunker. So... This is not a guaranteed uh, birdie hole like a lot of these tribal par fours sometimes are. Like, yeah, if you put in the right spot, getting up and down for birdies pretty easy task. But if you are in the wrong spot, absolutely bogey double is in play, and that's what makes watching this hole so great. Like I, I like I think on PJ Tour Live last year, they just parked the camera on. Well, they didn't last year. They'll do that this year. Just park the camera on ten. And just watch me watch these guys play this over and over. I'd be happy if that was ten hours of my day just watching these guys play ten over and over. I'd, I'd be a happy guy. So, you know, and that's just a handful of holes uh, on this golf course. That I talked about like I didn't talk about the six, which has a bunker in the middle of the green, but it's a big green. Uh, I remember last year Sam Burns had an up and down of the century. Just he looked absolutely stone nuts dead. On the right side, he had to, but he had to chip from a downhill lie down the slope around the center line bunker to the front pin. And he had getting it to like three feet. And he got, he said, par like and that, like that was the moment where I got like, okay, maybe my 100 to one is actually live here. And it wasn't. I think he screwed up a couple holes after that. But, you know, that hole is great. Number 12 is great. Number 18 is great. Like, I think other than the eighth hole, which is, I, you know, it's, it's kind of a whatever hole now. Um, it's hard to find many weak holes at Riviera, and that's what makes this place great, especially when it plays firm and fast. It's just an absolute joy to watch. I love seeing this place. It's it's gonna be really good to watch. So while we get into some betting strategies, so let's get into some nuts and bolts of this place first. So Riviera Country Club is seventy three hundred yards of scorecard. It's a little longer golf course than you usually see in the PGA Tour. Uh, it's par seventy one with three par fives. Um, two are or one is on the front nine. That's the opening hole. Two are on the back. Uh, as you know, as I mentioned earlier, the fairways are rougher Kahuya and the greens are Poa. That's similar grass types to what it was at Torrey Pines. Uh, last year, th this usually is one of the tougher golf courses on the PGA Tour schedule as far as uh, scoring. Last year, the average score is about quarter stroke over par. Uh, but what makes this really tough is because it's so firm uh, and where some of the fairways kind of uh, can't to or, uh, you know, fairway bunkers kind of jut in. Uh, it's very difficult to hit fairways here. Last year, field only hit the fairways 47% of the time. And, you know, like, 
and then, uh, you know, guys hit the green regulation at 59% of the time. Both those rates are well below PJ Tour average. We'll talk a little bit about, like, if that means go for guys who are more accurate or longer. Uh, we'll talk about that relative skill start chart. But every year, this is pretty consistent. It's really hard to hit fairways, really hard to hit greens. And that's why this is one of the harder, uh, you know, uh, courses on the PJ Tour schedule. And when you get a course like that, where it's firm, where there's a lot of variety, uh, hole to hole as far as different shots you have to hit, uh, you have to hit a lot of left to right shots, right to left shot. You got to hit the ball both ways. It tends to bring a leaderboard that not only has a lot of quality to it, it has guys who have a lot of skill sets in their bag. They're not just one trick point, not just a bunch of cam champs out there or JT Postons even. You know, it's it's a lot of guys who can score in multiple ways, you know, get the job done, you know, be able to be efficiently save strokes. And it's it's kind of why when you look at some of the guys who are really good here, they're really good at another place that's pretty firm, has really tricky fast greens, has really tricky green surrounds. I got some national. You know, there's a ton of crossover between guys who have done really well there and guys who've done really well here. So, you know, Phil Mickelson has won multiple times here. He's won multiple times at the Masters. Bubba Watson's won multiple times here. He has two mass, he has two green jackets. Uh, Dustin Johnson's won at both places. Adam Scott's won in both places. You know, you look at Xander, he's really good here. He's really good at Augusta National. John Rahm, same thing. John, John Rahm's pretty good at almost every place, but, you know, whatever. That's, that's a topic for another day. But, that's why you tend to see guys who do well both places. Um, so, you know, you can kind of get into the argument of, all right, does that favor a bomber or a short player? Like, and you, know, you look at this leaderboard, and I think the one, another thing that makes Riviera great is there's there's options. Like, there's a lot of different ways to play holes. You can play it safe. You can try to keep it in the fairway, or you can, you know, be aggressive, go over tree lines. You might end up in some bad places, but... Um, you know, so overall, I think the prevailing theme, if you look at the relative skill set chart um, from Data Golf, you see that two things really stand out. Number one, iron play is really important, and around the green game is really important. Let's first start with off the tee, though. So, not much correlation or, you know, with how predictive driving accuracy is. Like, basically, guys are either accurate or inaccurate. You tend to see both populate the tops of the leaderboard Riviera. You know, drive distance is about, you know, it, it's about on par what it is every week on the PGA Tour. Driving at distance is always an advantage. It's not necessarily a prerequisite, though. It's not as random as it would be at, like, a Pebble Beach or, like, a Mayakoba where, you know, it just actually shorter guys tend to do a little better there. Um, But I, I think for this place, when you get to a golf course like Riviera with really low driving accuracy rates where everybody's missing the fairway. And you also have a lot of holes where, you know, bunkers kind of jut in to the fairway where it's more important to actually miss in the right spot or hit the right side of the fairway than, you know, because driving actually all that measures is if you hit the fairway or not. doesn't say where you hit it. doesn't say whether it was the best place to hit it. And with some of these guys who, yeah, they might hit a lot of fairways, but if they're missing on the wrong side, the ball can just run into the rough or the ball can run into a bunker. I think that's why you kind of see a little bit more randomness as far as accurate guys versus inaccurate guys because the driving accuracy rates are so low here, it kind of throws it out the window. So, But from there, though, I mean, when you have a 
firm golf course, really firm greens and really hard greens and really tricky greenside surrounds because, you know, there's some runoff areas, some tight collection areas. The bunkers are really deep and below the putting surface too. Like bunker play is going to be really important this week. That's why you see really good iron players, really good scrambers do really well here. Kind of like at Augusta National too, you get some of the same thing. Um, you know, you have to ha- be a really good iron player to do pretty well in Riviera. Uh, you have to have really good spin control on your irons. You have to have really good, uh, you know, you're going to be hitting out of the rough a lot at Riviera, which means you have to know how far the ball is going to carry and run out. Um, you know, that's why having good command with one irons is really important. But being a good scrambler is also really important, too. It's actually the most important thing as far as the relatives, because it's the most predicted measurements around the green game at Riviera. And that's because a lot of guys are missing a lot of greens. Uh, they're really tricky to get up and down from. You got to be really skilled here. So, and then, you know, it, it, you know if you look at the relative skill set chart, putting is, as far as, like, guys who are really good and really bad, it's mixed. Like you'll see some guys who are usually really good in strokes game putting who are on top of the league, where you guys see guys who are really bad, you know, who are at the bottom. And I think that's just because of the POA. I think it's the nature of these greens. They're really tricky to putt on, you know, almost all the greens have, you know, they have ridges, they have spines, they get swales. Like there's a lot of just classic designs to these greens. Um, you know, it, it's in contrast to Tory where, you know, where a lot of like the, un, like, the green complexes at Riviera are, you know, they kind of all meld together. Whereas at Tory, I feel like they're all like in different separate compartments. Like they're all quadrants there, but regardless, both of the greens are really tough to go to putt on because if you're in the wrong place on the green, it's your chance of three putting is really high. Uh, you're tough. You're putting on POA, which not only is that a tough, service to put on. You got to have usually guys with some experience and confidence tend to do a little better there. You know, it's also a little bit of a luck box though, putting on it. We saw it, you know, like I mentioned last week with Spieth, he hit a great putt, but it's the butt of, you know, of a, you know, a POA sprout and it sends the ball offline. That happens all the time on POA. Uh, it's also really fast greens. The greens usually run between 12 and 20 and a half in the centimeters. And if in really windy conditions, I haven't checked the weather forecast, if it's going to be windy, but in really windy conditions, it makes the greens run a lot faster and trickier. It's just, I mean, I think last year it was windy and Max Homa had, I think, a three-footer on 18 or to win it there. He gacked the putt. And then Fino, I think, gacked a putt on um, in the playoff to lose it. Like, it's just, it's so difficult to putt on these greens. And that's why I think you kind of see more parity as far as guys who, on the stats page, are bad putters or really good putters. Like, kind of like a couple weeks ago, Luke List, Really bad putter in general, but he's got a lot of experience putting on POA, and especially putting up Tory. And when you're, when you're that good of a ball striker as he is, any sort of experience you have on POA counts, and that gives you a little bit of an edge, no matter how bad you are in strokes game, you know, putting. So, you know, I, I think that's what I'm giving for as far as like a profile profile of golfer. I mean, obviously. Like distance off the tee is always an advantage. I think I'm always going to, if I'm breaking ties, I'm going to take the the longer player, but you know, iron play. And we'll talk about like the range is which these guys are hitting their irons in a little bit. Um, Iron play for me is really important. Scrambling is going to be really big this week. And then whether you have a good experience on POA or just, you're just a good putter. And I think either you're a good putter in general who can handle the POA 
or if you're a bad putter, if you have a lot of experience on the surface, that's going to be enough for me. So, all right, let's take another break. Uh, let's talk about stable duel. You know, there are never enough things to gamble on. And the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part is now there is a new way to play the ponies, especially who are new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play for free and pay games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. And you can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. If you don't know anything about horses, don't worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Yeah, multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks from all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against the stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner circle. Play, race, win. All right, I, I think one thing I actually forgot that I want to mention before we move on to the approach shot distances where these guys are hitting their iron shots from is how you separate yourself on the leaderboard. And another tool I like using from data golf is they had this chart that basically shows what drives variation in scoring from a strokes gain um, perspective. So basically it, it, it measures in the tournament, different areas guys do and how their performance relative to the field can separate themselves and boots themselves at the leaderboard over others. And what areas that pretty much it's a level playing field for everybody. And, you know, I, I, made, I remember when I talked about this at Torrey Pines in that while it's not necessarily a putting, like traditional putting contest, basically your performance on the greens there dictate your success more than the ball striking does, which is bizarre because you think of Torrey Pines as a really demanding ball strikers golf course. Well, when you play golf courses where everyone's missing fairways, everyone's missing greens, it, it puts, it puts more people in similar spots with everybody else. So like, you know, let's say like everybody's missing the fairways. And everybody's missing greens. Well, you know what that means? A lot, you know, a lot more times you're getting up and down for par. And if you're missing a lot of fairways with how firm the greens are here at Riviera, most guys are not going to be able to get all that close to the pin a lot. You're going to have a lot of longer putts. So then it really comes down to, and it's no surprise, that scrambling and putting contributes to 58% of the total variation of scoring in the leaderboard at Riviera, and only 42% is ball striking. And that's much higher than PGTR average. Usually it's about 50-50. But here it's basically your performance on and around the green will carry you more to success than your ball striking. Now, it doesn't mean you, you know, if you hit the ball like, junk all week it's not going to matter no of course not like if you're hitting the ball like junk at riviera you're in for you're in for a well a very short stay but basically overall is you're able to separate yourself with a better putting performance and a better scrambling performance than with your ball striking because more often than not at least well not more often than not but like at a higher frequency guys are missing greens and at a higher frequency, it's a it's it's a very difficult putting surface to put on. So anybody that can kind of separate themselves in the field in that respect, 
can has a little better job of <clears throat> basically <clears throat> rising up the leaderboard. So that doesn't necessarily mean that you know you should just target your short game specialists by no means. I'll go over the top 10 at this field, and it's definitely not those guys. I'm just saying that you know they can't you can't just rely on your ball striking this week. You have to have a good performance putting and scrambling in order to really win. So if you look at some of these top tens, like most of the guys that tended to do very well on and around the greens for the week, they were towards the top of the leaderboard. Whereas a guy like Morikawa, I mentioned that earlier, he had one of the best ball striking weeks of the, of the uh, entire field, but because you lost two strokes putting, you finished T43. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Like sometimes you can overcome a really bad putting week with just a great ball striking week and you still land top 10. Like not so much here. Like you're going to have to do really well on the round the green. So um, that's enough of that though. While we talk about approach shot distances. So this is actually very similar to last week at Scottsdale where I think like 65% of your approach shots came from 125, to 200 yards. It's pretty similar this week. Um, and there's going to be an, a bigger emphasis on short intermediate iron play at Riviera. So in 2021, uh, 62, about 62% of all approach shots came between 125 to 200 yards of Riviera. Uh, and that's pretty consistent year over year. You're going to find very similar rates uh, at Riviera's history. Um, and also what's consistent too is um, it's above average, average rates from 150 to 175 and 175 to 200. Uh, you know, basically above average rates in the PGA Tour. Um, you know, it's a you know, there's some longer approach shots at this golf course, but kind of like last week, you know, they're just limited to the par fives and I think one of the par threes. You're definitely not going to get many flip wedges at this place, anything under 125 yards. Uh, if it is, you're either going to be one of the shorter par fours or it's going to be, I don't know, God forbid you lay up on the 10th and then you have like a hundred yards in, but over, but that's where I think if you, if you're somebody to look at proximity, which I may mention this, I know our podcast buddy, Andy Lack has may mention this proximity stats, very misleading, but unfortunately it's the only thing we can really go on. If you are somebody that wants to use proximity stats, that's one uh, to use. And, you know, finally let's close out uh, the betting strategies portion with, uh, you know, basically top 10 players in the field who have gained the most strokes per round at Riviera Country Club. So number one is Victor Hoblin. He's only played one tournament here, but he gained about two and a half strokes per round in the field of doing it. I think he finished top five last year. I remember last year, I think I faded him in a matchup just because I just, it was his first time there. He hadn't seen it. And he started out really slow, but as the week went on, like he got better and better. He rose up the leaderboard. Like he was never in it, but he had a really good finish. So you know, thanks for costing me a match, Victor. Uh, number two, no surprise though, Dustin Johnson, fifty-two rounds plus two and a half or plus two point four three strokes per round in the field. He's a multiple. I think he's a multiple winner here. He has several runner finishes, several top tens as well. Like, like top ten DJ is kind of a cash cow here. Uh, that might be something to consider next week. Number three, John Rahm, three tournaments plus two point two strokes per round. Number four, here's a random one, Wyndham Clark, uh, gains about. Two strokes per round on the field through, you know, in eight rounds. He had a, I know he had a really good tournament last year. Maybe that's all of that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, you don't think a Wyndham Clark would be a, cor- a horse for a course anywhere. Uh, he is here. He loves putting on POA and he's pretty long off the tee. 
that's a good combination here. Number five, Adam Scott, no surprise here. You know, gains two strokes per round over 48 rounds. Really good at Riviera. Uh, really good at Augusta National. You know, just really good in firm, fast conditions. Pretty consistent iron player. Good scrambler, too, although not so much anymore. He used to be a good scrambler. Um, but he puts a little better, I think, on on faster surfaces. You know, his putter's always been kind of a boogaboo for him. Maybe beyond fast power helps him. Number six, Taylor Gooch, which should not be a surprise because he's so good at Torrey Pines that, you know, same grass types. And when, you know, to Taylor Gooch's strengths are he's a really good iron player, really good scrambler. Well, those are the two most important things at this golf course. You got to be. Uh, he's not as, as good off the tee as most guys. Sometimes, you know, he tends to lose strokes to the field. Not the best putter, but he's a pretty good putter and poa. Like that's kind of the blueprint here of like a really good cookie cutter golfer uh, that you want to look at. Like where, yeah, like he tends to lose strokes off the tee, but he does all these other things great that kind of fit here. And if everybody's missing fairways, everybody's kind of in bad spots off the tee. They're kind of just you know in the mud with him. So that's an that's a guy to maybe go to. Number seven, Xander Schauffele, plus one point nine six strokes per round over sixteen rounds. Tough golf course, golf course over seventy two hundred yards. Uh, Poana greens. Like I, I wrote that column back in December that these are the golf course to play Xander. Anytime you have those conditions, he's going to be good here. Number eight, Matthew Fitzpatrick, uh, eight rounds plus 1.8 rounds, uh, strokes gain per round. That's mostly last year. I think he finished top five, uh, at this event again, though, you know, I, I mean, he's over the last year or so he's gained a lot, whole lot of strokes off the tee, but traditionally Matthew Fitzpatrick is, an accurate player, decent iron player, especially with his intermediate irons, great putter, great scrambler, you know, thrives on firm, fast conditions where if he does hit the fairway, ball is going to roll out to shorten up that approach shot from because that's the longest guy out there. Yeah, I mean, like this would be a good place for him. Number nine, Roy McElroy, good here. One game, 1.6 per round over 18 rounds, although I think last year he missed the cut horribly. Uh, he was going through some stuff last year. Um, so I don't know. But traditionally, though, a guy like that's pretty good here. And then Max Homa, he won here last year. I think that's only that's one of his only better finishes of note, though, I think. But that's a guy who's really improved his game over the last two years. Really great putt on West Coast Poe. And if that's, you know, that's a big key this week, then, yeah, like, I mean, it's, that's good. But, you know, so as far as, like, the common theme of all these guys, with the exception of Fitzpatrick and Gooch on this list, most of these guys are pretty long off the tee, but all of them are pretty good iron players, you know, except for Wyndham Clark. I'm not really sure why he's on this list. Uh, all of them usually are pretty good putters on POA. Uh, all these guys usually are pretty good on firm and fast conditions. Uh, most of these guys are pretty good scramblers, too. Like, that's kind of the secret sauce here, kind of like what I talked about the relative skill set chart. So, yeah, I mean, target those types of guys. Uh, I know these guys are mostly long that I just mentioned, but that's not pretty because, I mean, you got Matthew Patrick. Fitzpatrick on the list. You got Gooch. He's not the longest guy. Matt Kuchar's been really good here. Um, Cam Smith played good here, too, although he's at some distance, but he's not the longest guy out there. Like, you know, he's not your typical bomber that you would think of. So, uh, distance helps. It's not the end all. Uh, I think, you know, you can kind of work around that if you see a guy who, you know, Really good with their intermediate short irons. Really good scrambler. Very, you know, some good success on POA. That might be somebody to look at. All right, let's take our ad break. So we're brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The only thing more exciting than watching the NFL playoffs is prop swapping the NFL playoffs. 
January is Prop Swap's biggest month ever as betters from across the country cash in the Super Bowl futures. So like Joe from California, you sold a $100, 40-to-1 Bengals Super Bowl ticket for $1,500. Uh, the buyer got great odds, and Joe made 15 times his money. Prop Swap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. So hurry now and download the free Prop Swap app today. It has fantastic features like filtering list of tickets based on the best value, a free activity fee to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. So you use a promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. So join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. And then lastly, don't forget to use go to the SGPN app. Uh, I know this is coming out. Uh, probably tomorrow morning, but you still have time to get into the $100,000 Super Bowl Prop Contest on SGPN. If you go 10-0 on Super Bowl Props, you can win $100,000 on the app. Uh, the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and the Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. And don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. And also, by the way, thank you guys for all the uh, podcast reviews you guys gave us this week. That's why we did our Thursday show. We're always looking for more reviews and more ratings and everything like that, you know, that, that helps us out. Anything you guys can do to help us out would be great. We love doing this for you. We love getting out the free content. I don't mind sitting here at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night, you know, with nothing else to do, but talking to a microphone and talk about a great golf course I love. So yeah, you know, go give us a review. Uh, we love to hear from you. Even if it's, even if it's uh, something we don't want to hear, if there's any, any feedback we can get is, is really great. So, uh, you know, that's it. Um, I think I've been talking for about an hour about Riviera, which is not surprising because I love this place. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm really looking forward to uh, watching the service next week. I hopefully uh, that's another thing, by the way. So uh, we will not be recording on Monday. Monday is Valentine's Day, and both of us had wives, and we're pretty sure that if we ditch them to record a golf podcast, that wouldn't go well. So we're going to record a double episode on Tuesday. We are going to do DFS and outrights the first one, and then we're going to do our prop show in the second one. Uh, so, yeah, so everything's going to be coming out Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Uh, we apologize for the delay, but, hey, we don't want to get divorced either. So uh, tune in for that. Uh, hopefully uh, everyone who's sweating stuff tomorrow for the Waste Magic Phoenix Open ends up hitting. Hopefully... Whoever you hit on is who I'm on to, so we can share in the wealth. And I hope the Super Bowl goes well for you. Uh, so yeah, for myself, uh, Steve Shermer, we'll talk to you on t- Tuesday. 